Rise and crime, everybody. I'm Rachel Souza. And I'm Michelle Chan. Almost forgot my last name. And we're back. <laughs> wow. Um. Hey. <laughs> What's up? Uh, let me address the elephant in the room. Coronavirus. Still, this is the second week that we've recorded in the same day where we can only see each other this last time. Before we are seven feet apart forever five feet apart that movie was really ahead of its time yeah <laughs> you know they really predicted it they really did the ventilator oh my everything. god i was just gonna say she had oh my god the ventilator. It was amazing. five feet apart before it's time um did not really like that movie though i had never watched it it looked too tor- terrible to see it was pretty bad yeah i'm sorry cole sprouse you just gotta do better like not even cole sprouse could entice me to watch it yeah um, I need everybody who's listening to this to give me a movie recommendation so I can actually start watching movies, because as a film student, that's something I should probably do. I feel like I should see, like, the childhood movies I never saw. Oh, God, there's too many for me to do that. I haven't even seen The Lion King. You've never seen The Lion King? Exactly. I've never seen, like, The Little Mermaid or, like, Aladdin. Okay, then we're on the same plane Or, here. like, Pocahontas. How dare you shame me for not seeing The Lion King when you haven't seen Aladdin, even though that movie is totally... Very racist, actually. <laughs> Listen, I've seen The Lion King so many- I, wa- I used to watch it every single day when I had the cassette player. Wow, I still have all the, uh, VCRs. Is that what they're called? Yes. Yes, I still have them all if you needed. Yes. I think we should watch it on that and only that. <laughs> um, hello, we have Disney+. Plus. That's true, I could watch them all. But I'm gonna continue start watching with... Friends. <laughs> okay, but start with The Little Mermaid. That one's great. Okay. Should I? Oh, yeah, I haven't seen... I haven't seen so many of them. Have you seen Mulan? Yeah, of okay, course. Okay, thank goodness. Why, of course? <laughs> because it's the only Asian one. That is a good point. You know, when I was younger and people were really racist, they would be like, um, just because um, Pocahontas isn't white, they would be like, oh my gosh, if we're playing Princess, you're Pocahontas. And they'd be like, what? That's not... That's not even close. That's so funny. Never I guess seen they weren't racist, either. they were just kids, but still, teach your kids now. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. It's ridiculous. Okay, anyways. Or Sleeping Beauty. Never seen Sleeping Beauty. Or Snow White, actually. Sleeping Beauty's boring. <laughs> like, really. Well, I mean, like, haha, that's funny. But she's not even in it. Oh. Like, if you Oh, yeah, she's about... asleep for the whole movie. Yeah, like, why is everybody, like, Sleeping Beauty? She's literally not in it. <laughs> okay, um, anyways. That's funny. So, because we've been bending the rules lately... I have a new game for you for the small one. The okay. small case, whatever we're calling it now. Uh, it's called Fill in the Blank. Okay. It's a really easy game where you fill in the blank. All right. Um, Wait, I don't think I get that. Can you explain it again? Um, so there's going to be a blank, you fill it. Ah, yes. I got it. So you're first going to have to guess without the multiple choice options. Okay. And if you're able to do that, I will literally give you $10 right here and right now in cold hard cash. Oh. Um, because they're so obscure, I don't think you're going to be able to. Okay. Okay, question one. But, oh wait, let me preface this with, actually you might get them, because you've read all the same weird crime articles that I have, and you probably just looked at them now, so you actually might get some of them. Mm, So I will not give you $10 in cold torch cash. (laughs) I will give you a high five from a distant, a social (laughs) distant. Okay, question one. $50,000 of blank stolen on New Year's Eve. Oh, I feel like I have... $50,000 of blank stolen on New Year's Eve. Do I get a location or anything? No. 
Cocaine. Wrong. Here's your options. A, dog figurines. B, Arizona iced tea. C, noisemakers. D, honeydew melons. Oh. Oh, I don't know, actually. Good. Okay. Dog figurines. Arizona iced tea. Noisemakers. Honeydew melons. Noisemakers? That would make sense, right? It's New Year's. But is it dog figurines? No, it's honeydew melons. What? That's so many. Do you like my other other options, though? Yeah. Hunt, that's so many. Yeah, that's on Hamilton. Oh, okay. We love Hamilton. Yeah. Okay, question number two. Thief turns himself in after store owner blanks. After store owner. So what does the store owner do? Um, walks in. A, that's wrong. So, A, steals his cat. B, friends him <laughs> on Facebook. C, hacks his Pinterest account. D, puts photos of his family on the thief's doorstep. <laughs> um, friends him on Facebook? That is correct. Hey. Uh, I did not see where that one was out of from, but I know it's Canadian. Yeah. Okay. Question three. Hamilton police <laughs> uh, charged teen after school bus joyride to blank. After joyride to... The mall? No. A. The CN Tower. B. Canada's Wonderland. C. Tim Hortons. D. The local hockey arena. The local hockey arena. Tim Hortons. Oh, I knew it was either one of those two. Because the other two were too far from Hamilton, which I am now realizing. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and now my favorite one. Question four, and final question. Man banned from hotel because of blank. Man banned from hotel because of... Oh, this is so broad. Like, what... Did he do something? I know. It's broad. I just want to see what you come up with. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be creative. Man banned from a hotel because of... I don't know. How would you be banned from a hotel because of trashing room? Like, no. Okay. A. 40 seagulls. <laughs> B. Suitcases of meat. C. Poop everywhere. D. All of the above. Oh, 40 seagulls. What does that even mean? <laughs> what? What was after suitcase of meat? Poop everywhere. Poop everywhere. D, all of the above. I think it's poop everywhere. The answer is D, all of the above. <laughs> How, what does, okay, what does 40 seagulls <laughs> That's mean? That's my favorite question because it's all of the above. Um, so basically what happened, I read the article because I was too interested <laughs> to stop reading the article. Um, so basically he left his window open and he had suitcases full of spicy pepperoni, which is just weird to start (laughs) off with. And then the seagulls smelled the spicy pepperoni and they broke in through his window, 40 of them. Um, and then because it was spicy pepperoni, they shit everywhere. (laughs) That's so good! And then when he got back, he, he wanted to like clean up because he didn't want to get in trouble. So he took a towel, wrestled, and threw every seagull back out the window. (laughs) This is a true story. So Vancouver. Yeah, and then he got banned from the hotel for 17 years. Uh, I got pooped on by a bird recently. That's good luck. 
I, <laughs> the geese were flying, and then they made a U-turn, and then they were coming right at me, and I saw one drop a load, and I, like, stepped back, so it didn't hit me on the face. Nice. <laughs> so it hit me in the shoe. Have I ever told you my bird pooping story? That was the second time I've been pooped on my bird. Whoa, what was your first time you My first time. Was it Wonderland? <laughs> no. Who's this Wonderland? I don't know. Someone says Wonderland. But I was skateboarding, and then a seagull just drops a load on my head, and then I go inside, because I'm just like- On your head? Yeah. That's even more On my head. And I go inside, because I'm like just, you know, in the driveway, and my mom can't stop laughing to clean the poop off. That's hilarious. So you were like close to home when I Yeah. Okay. Here's my seagull. I don't even know if it was a seagull. Here's my bird story. I was in Italy. I was in Venice. <laughs> we were on the canals in the gondolas. <laughs> and a bird poops on me while I was in the gondola on my shoulder. And it was so big it splashed in all in my hair. <laughs> now you have to remember, I'm on a gondola. There's no way for me to get off and clean it. There's no leaning over because it will tip. So I had to sit there with this bird poop, huge bird poop on my shoulder, just sitting there trying not to cry <laughs> for like 25 minutes. <laughs> that's so and that's funny. my bird poop story. I literally was sitting there like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And like, it's not like I was a child. I was 17. Yeah, that's and I was so like, don't cry, funny. don't cry. The first time I was like nine. The second time was last week. So I was 20. Damn. Yeah, only time. 17. Crying in a gondola. <laughs> okay, let's let's turn this around and make it more depressing. Alright. This week's case is about a person I will not name. Oh, you're leaving it mysterious? Well, not for the viewers, just for you. Oh, that's true. They have the title. Yeah. So, so fun. Maybe you should title it something else. Like, you know how last week was just, like, Mark and Massacre, like, you didn't know what was gonna happen? Hmm. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. Okay. July 28th, 1996. Two. Oh, wait. Mine was July 28th as well, last week. Whoa. Wild. Two fishermen are getting ready to start work. They sail six miles out. The nets are weighed down so that they can catch everything above it. And a man's body falls out with the fish in the net. So they caught they a caught dead him. body. Yes. Oh, that's, like, so absolutely terrifying. Yes. So the body was in really good condition. Long sleeve shirt, trousers, brown shoes, no ID, and there was a watch. Um, the date on the watch was the 22nd, and pockets were turned inside out. Whoa, that's yes. weird. So it, he was just there six days before then. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So here are the theories that they have immediately. So either he fell out of a boat, and the good condition of the body suggests that he hadn't been dead for long. Um, there was a deep gash on his head. There was, like, one distinguishing mark on his body because he had a tattoo on the back of the right hand. Uh, potentially, the tattoo was a cluster of stars, but, like, it wasn't, it wasn't clear. It looked like a blur of stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Um, purely by chance, genuine Rolexes have serial numbers on the back of them. This always happens. The Rolex. So this was a Yorkshire Rolex, and from this, they figure out who it was. It was 
Because they, like, they called the store. I almost did this case. Really? Yeah, I did. The Rolex case. Because I... Oh, my gosh. Okay, sorry. Go on. Interesting. So, it was Ronald Joseph Platt. Yep, I almost did this case. Yeah, it was a tenant in a house in Essex. And the landlord uh, put the police in contact with the person that Ronald had as a reference. And that was Mr. Davis, who lives in London. Yep, I, I know exactly which case this is and his daughter. And... Interesting. Okay. okay. Let's hear it. So the police called him and were reluctant to tell him Ronald was dead, but they did it anyways, eventually. And it did not shock the man at all. And David Davidson agreed to meet with them. David Davidson or David Davidson? David Davidson. <laughs> not David Davidson? Did I say Davidson? No, I'm making a joke like David Davidson. I don't get it. I'm not going to explain it. It makes <laughs> yeah. it worse. Okay. It was already a bad joke and now it's even worse. <laughs> Alright, so he was dressed very well and very casually and they spoke about the tattoo and he was sure that he had a photograph of ron that he could show them so ron plot had probably fallen overboard and drowned is the police's theory right now after that david wasn't answering his phone like after the initial contact so they went to his address it was a very rural area and none of them had numbers on them so like none of the houses had numbers on them so the guy oh, wow. that's really rural. yeah very very How are you supposed rural. to get mail i don't know but anyways so they went to a random house and asked the elderly couple about who lives who's their neighbors you know so they asked for david davidson but the couple said that he didn't live in that house and that house belonged to ron platt mm. so i don't know if it's david davidson i wrote david davis Anyways, David... Let me look it up real quick. I'm just going to say you David. You said Mr. Davis at first. I know. I'm confused seeing myself. I'm just going to say David from now until we get a correction. So David had taken his dead friend's identity. They started talking to everyone who was involved with Ron and David again. And they started with the fisherman who found the body. So... The fisherman informed them that there was an anchor that was in the trove. It's David Davis. Oops. Why did I... Okay. Sorry, David Davis. They found an anchor that was in the trove... Trove? Trough? Trough. Trough. He gave it to his friend, um, who tried to sell it, but never did, so the police were able to retrieve the anchor. Good. So Ron's brother informed them that he had a long-standing ex-girlfriend named Elaine Boyce. So they had lived together, uh, Ron and Elaine, for 10 years until 1993. And she described him as very warm and kind. His main possession was his watch. He wore it all the time, even in the shower. Stop smiling at me like I'm that. sorry. <laughs> I like knowing things. So. It's like how every time we watch any show together, I always look up the results before. Oh, I hate because when you do that. I know, and then I hide it from you, but then I give you small hints, which you hate. I know, and then you're like, oh, we need to be on the same page, so you tell me anyways. <laughs> because I can't keep secrets. I'm the worst <laughs> at keeping secrets. Oh my god. Okay. 
So I could never get away with crime. (laughs) No, you could not. You just you just sit there and look guilty. Because I like to know things. Okay. I can't watch a movie without reading the plot on Wikipedia first. That's bad. I know. Good thing you didn't do that for Knives Out. Because I knew that I shouldn't for that one (laughs) because it was a murder mystery. Alright, so... Or maybe I did and I acted like I didn't know I didn't. You didn't. Because I really didn't know what was going on all the time. <laughs> so, the couple had met David five years earlier when he walked into the auctioneer place where Elaine was working. He was looking for somewhere to live, and by the end of the conversation, offered her a job. She told him that they were saving up to move to Canada. And he said that's fine, and that he'll help them save up. And he became friends with the couple. So, oh yeah, yeah. In case I didn't mention it, which I think I did, it's in Essex. This takes place in Essex. You did mention okay, that. Okay, good. So right now they're in, in, oh my god, I almost said Spain. Am I saying <laughs> Right now we're in the UK. Yeah, we're in the UK. So, um, they instantly hit it off, the couple and David. David offered them a share in his new company, Cavendish. He made Ron and Elaine directors of the company, and he said that he didn't want to be a director because his wife, his ex-wife, was looking for alimony and didn't want his name on anything. So you know those situations where something's too good to be true and you're getting a lot of money and you probably shouldn't follow that anymore? This is one of them. Probably, yes. Remind me to tell my story about that and me personally after this. Alright, so Elaine's job was to travel to Europe and look at properties and deposit money for her boss. Everyone said that David was very nice. He went to church regularly and was just, like, around the community known as being the super nice dude. It's always those guys. Yeah. So the couple was invited to spend Christmas with David and his daughter, Noelle. She was very shy. Her name is Christmas. Her name is Christmas. She was very shy, and he did a lot of the talking. They gave the couple a generous gift. Two tickets to Canada if they leave in a couple of weeks. Which is... Like, so too good to be true. Yeah. And they asked him why they needed to leave so quickly. And he sold the idea of Canada to them. And explained that it would be good to make... Like, he basically just talked them into it. Is what I'm trying to say. What year is this? Um, I believe it is 19... Hold on. Five years earlier than 1996. Whoa! This is 91? Yeah. Why did I think this is, like, early 1900s? What? Because, like, okay, so the idea to me of selling can to someone goes back to those things where in history... (laughs) You know, you know those videos yeah, that do. they would show in Europe being yeah. like, Canada is this new great place. Yeah. That was immediately where my brain went. And it's like, there's so much room there. Look at Saskatchewan. <laughs> Look at Saskatchewan. No, literally, that's what those videos were like. <laughs> that's so funny. In grade eight, I had to make one of those videos. Oh, they were like, funny. sell Canada people. And I was like, okay. Uh, but that's what I pictured. But this is 91. Like, what are you selling about Canada? Toronto is kind of cool sometimes if you have money to do things like what yeah so he sold the idea of canada to them and then he also said that it'd be a good idea if they made rubber stamps of stamps of their signatures so that when they go off to canada he can continue signing things in their name oh this is so bad i know which is a great idea obviously Big red flag. okay so february 1993 the couple moved to canada 
At first, the couple struggled. They couldn't find a job, and it was the middle of winter. Like, how do you sell Canada to someone when it's the middle of winter? I don't know why anyone want, would want to come to Canada in the middle of winter. I don't know. Like, really? Um, five months later, Elaine went home to England to be a bridesmaid for her sister's wedding, and David was invited to the wedding because he was a close family friend at this point and heard that Elaine wasn't going to move back to Canada and was leaving Ron forever. Whoa. Yeah. Damn. So David was really upset, and he tried to get them back together, but she refused. Like, red flag. Yeah. So days after the wedding, David cuts off Elaine, and he moves away. Like, he just stops talking to her and, like, moves away. He goes, sir. Yeah. From that moment on, David started calling himself Ron Platt and continued to do so for three years. And obviously he has no contact with Elaine, so she doesn't notice, right? Yeah, Elaine had no idea. She only knew that Ron moved back to the UK at some point, but he, like, did not know that he was dead. So when Elaine last spoke to David, three months after the body was found, he said that he hadn't heard from Ron and that he had gone to France. Like, Ron had got to France. That's what he told Elaine. And then the police show up and they tell her everything. And she tells them that David had been lying to her. So Elaine suspected that he was involved. Because that's sketchy. Because she's smart. Yeah. So the next time he calls her, she was scared of him. She mentioned Ron dying and his voice just changed. And he said that he wanted to see her um, at work or after work. Anyways, he just wanted to see her, and she was afraid that it would be suspicious if she didn't meet up with him, so she agreed to get coffee. Okay, good. Public place, coffee. Good. Yeah. Good fun. So, um, so he talked, when they met up, he talked about how he was praying for Ron and started, like, shedding tears, and Elaine could tell that he was lying, and she called the police right after the meeting. Damn. I know. That's next level. The police wait outside his house but he never comes home that night they go to the farmhouse to see if he's there and and but and there was someone home so they watched for some reason they assumed that he was armed because he was american so someone gets out of the house and gets into a taxi is what the police are observing right now Mm -hmm. so the police chase him and they tell him to get out of the car They searched him and arrested him on suspicion of murder, and he was very calm during this entire time. He had two IDs, one for David and one for Ron, and then they dig deeper into his past. They go back to the house and they arrest the person who they thought was his wife. The wife didn't seem shook, she was more concerned with the baby, but there was something really weird about the bag that she was packing for the baby. So they look inside the bag and they find gold bars and cash. Oh my gosh. Okay, first of all, obviously, if you're going to a police station, they're obviously going to check your stuff. Like, why? They find 25,000 pounds, 8,000 Swiss francs, 17 gold bars, and paintings valued at 6,000 pounds. Holy shit. Yeah, and then they film everything as they're, like, searching. So there's, like, footage of this. So the couple was taken to Devon for interview. His, like, at this entire time, David's attitude 
uh, was very good about it. Like, he was helping them, you know? But as soon as they showed him the tape of all the stuff that they found, his cooperation just stopped. After that, he declined to answer anything. The house was searched, and they found a photo of his yacht, the Lady Jane, with him on board, but they couldn't find the yacht itself. Mm. Someone had recognized it and said it was in mainland dry dock, transported completely by road. Like, if someone in mainland... Hmm. It was in mainland. Somebody took the boat of the water, put it on the back of the car, and drove. Yeah. That is what I mean. (laughs) I don't write good notes for myself. That's okay. I can translate it into small sentences. (laughs) They find Ron's DNA on the pillows on the boat. And an empty carrier bag from Sport Nautique, which is, like, a store. Sporting life? (laughs) (laughs) No, it says not. I know, no, no, I'm like, it's a sporting life type yes. deal. And Ron's fingerprints were in the bag. So they found a receipt for an anchor and they interviewed everyone in the shop. They told them that two gentlemen were in there earlier and bought the anchor, but that the anchor wasn't suitable for the Lady Jane. Oh, well, maybe he just didn't know a lot about boats. No and kidding. it's the same anchor that they found with his body. Well, there it is. <laughs> the pathologist, he noticed that the anchor was attached to Ron's belt and that he had a scar of the same shape on his body. So they sent David's fingerprints to Interpol and Interpol told them that he was Albert Johnson Walker. They sent him to, sorry, they sent the fingerprints to Interpol because they thought he was American. And then it came back, his name was Albert Johnson Walker, and he was a fugitive in Canada and was on Interpol's most wanted list for theft of millions of dollars. So he was Canadian after all. Mm -hmm. I like how they just assumed he was American. They're just like, ah, he does bad things. He's American. No, but I feel like anyone with our accent, they just assume American. That's true. Unless they're like... Say an A at the end of every yeah, sentence. Like, like, it's just, it's just what it is. So Albert had been living in Ontario with his wife and family. They split up and he was arrested. So can I say something really quick that I remember from this case? Mm-hmm. So you know how earlier we talked about his daughter, Noelle? That was actually his wife, right? I'll get to that. Okay. Oh, sorry. I thought that was like... No. Never mind. Okay, so... So Albert and his wife had split up, and he was arrested trying to break into the family home. So a month later, he owned an investment company and ran off with $3.2 million from his clients. And Albert and his daughter, 15-year-old Sheena, said that they were going on a skiing vacation, and when they never returned, they released pictures of Sheena asking people if they'd seen her, and it was like distributed worldwide, because they're trying to find this girl. So they knew that he went to England, then Switzerland, and then they couldn't find him after that. That was because at that time, he assumed his first false identity, David Davis. The police make a timeline now. So Albert befriends the couple, makes them emigrate to Canada, moves 300 miles south to Devon with his new identity and his new wife, who's also his daughter. Wait, his wife is his daughter? Yes. 
That changes so much. I just thought that he was pretending, ew, oh. Okay, when they see an ad for the farmhouse, the couple turns up for it, you know? And the wife, who was very pregnant, said, loved the cottage and said it was just what they were looking for. So they move into the cottage, and to everyone else, it appears like he's trying to, he's just like a dude trying to keep up with his young wife. He had, like, dyed hair, new teeth, and youthful clothing. And Ron was an amateur artist. So their neighbors had a daughter who was studying art at the time and noticed a particular painting of his that he kept on an easel. He said that it was one of his paintings, but it was signed David. The baby arrives in September of 1993. His baby with his daughter. Yes. And they continue to live there. The neighbors once noticed that one time that they were in conversation and the wife called Ron daddy. Okay, but, like, that doesn't mean... I know, exactly. So the neighbors were like, okay, that's weird, but, like, it doesn't really mean anything. So one evening he was speaking to the neighbors about guidance counseling because he is one and he was, like, trying to start his own counseling center. At the end of 1994, they moved back to Essex here, Albert pretends to be a psychologist and said he was working somewhere in Brentwood to his friends at the tennis club that he now attends. Yeah, he he cannot be a psychologist, I'll just say that right now. Yeah, and his friends at the tennis club offer to introduce him to other psychologists, but he's very reluctant, obviously, because he's not a psychologist. The, they thought his wife was really young, more than half his age. <laughs> yeah, because it's his daughter. Um, and he, she wouldn't speak, uh, and would only speak when spoken to, and would always look to him before she answered. Oh, that poor girl. She could have had such a normal life. I know. They lived in Essex for two years, and another child was born then. So in 1995, he finds out that the real Ron was moving back to England. So, June 1998... Albert Walker went on trial for the murder of Ron Platt. So that's the timeline that the police have come up wow, with. Wow, that is a long-ass timeline. Yes. He was super confident in court. He didn't think anyone could prove him guilty. He's one of those. Mm-hmm. So the Rolex was very important in this case. The watch could tell the time of the murder. So it was either July 20th and 21st or 21st. There were more clues in the boat's GPS. It proved that the boat was where the body was found. The prosecution called Elaine and Sheena. When her father was arrested, Sheena returned to Canada with the children. She said that she was not aware that Ron was in the Devon area before his death. Before they were arrested, they were staying in a holiday cottage in the Devon area. The defendant had kept the information that he was going to meet up with Ron from his daughter. So, like, David didn't tell her. Okay. Despite the fact that Ron was a family friend. So she's not complicit in this. Yeah. That's what she's trying to say. Proving that he wanted Sheena to know nothing about what he was going to do. So she couldn't give him an alibi. So she did confirm that her father had been out on the boat the day of the murder. He came back late and he was wet because it was really poor weather. It was hard for Albert to build the case because he had to admit to the false identities and all the other things he had done because he couldn't have been the murderer. Like, that's what he was trying to do. Mm. 
He said that Ron had knocked his head at some point and then started bleeding. That was his story. So he was trying to say, it was self-defense. Well, not even. It was just like Ron slipped and fell. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the jury oh, found Oh, knocked him. his head. Yeah, I thought yeah. he meant like knocked his, like hit no, no, him. No, no, Like he just fell. Oh, okay, 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 okay. But the jury found him guilty in two hours and sentenced him to life in prison. As it should be, because he not only was a murderer, but so much more. Yep. And that's the story. Wow, poor Ron. He just wanted to have a good business, good life, like, move to Canada, have, like... Yeah, poor... Like, the daughter. Oh my god, Sheena. That is just horrible. It was... That was horrible for everyone. Yeah, that was really bizarre. Like, that's a... What a movie. Thank you to Rolex. Yeah really sponsor us um but seriously like that's poor ron he was just trying to do good yeah he was so unexpected yeah you just meet a con artist who becomes a murderer it's like it's just really an unfortunate circumstance mm-hmm. it really we, is should we awkward transition out yes okay should we talk about the uh the biggest serial killer on earth, coronavirus. I feel like the Spanish flu is the biggest serial killer on earth. I meant currently. Okay. <laughs> True. Currently, it's Rona season. Rona season. It is Rona season, unfortunately. And, uh, yeah, that's all anybody talks about. And last week I was all like, let's not talk about it. And now I'm all like, let's just fucking talk about it. <laughs> let's just address it. Yeah, um... Yeah, let me see what Canada's at right now. Canada's... There's a death in Toronto. In Toronto? Oh, no. Which is why they declared it state of emergency. Okay, so Canada. Uh, Well, this will be very outdated. Yeah, so this is as of March 23rd, 6 p.m. Okay. 24 deaths. 24 deaths. Uh, 1,646 cases. Mm Mm-hmm. 107,147 people tested. That's a lot of damn people tested. Good. I know, thank God. And, like, I'm so... I feel so blessed that we have these, like, resources. Yeah. I'm really grateful for our healthcare system. Like, so, like, so grateful. Like, have you seen the States? <laughs> like, let's see how Ontario's doing. The state, poor, like, I just, and Italy is just deteriorating slowly, Mm -hmm. which is so sad. I'm glad we're taking all these, like, drastic measures. So am I. I'm so glad. And, like, as much as I hate being in isolation, I'm so glad that we are. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so glad that we are. I'm glad that the government recognizes that this is a real issue. Yeah. And doesn't think it's, like, a hoax. And I'm glad that as as much as there is people not taking it seriously, there's so many that are. Yeah. And that's fantastic. Um, and to all those people in the States that still went to their spring break parties. Yeah. Like, screw you guys. Yeah. Literally, just... You're all dumb. You're all stupid. You're all selfish. Very selfish. Um, and to all those videos I saw of 20-year-olds... Like, this is coming from a 20-year-old. And for all those videos, I saw 20-year-olds being like, I don't care if I get it, I'll be fine. Yes, you'll probably be fine. But, like, 
what about your grandmother? What about your parents? What about, like, just, like, ugh, it's Be so selfish. Yeah. And it's just so unfortunate that people think that way. Mm-hmm. And if everybody just did their part, this would be over a lot faster and you would get your spring break vacation later while it's summer. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like you should just, you just stay home. It's really not that difficult. You watch Netflix. nothing, you know? Like, I am still procrastinating, even though I have all the time in the world not to, but at least I'm not, at least when I do procrastinate the last minute, I'm not going to have obligations that are going to hold me back from getting it done eventually. Listen, being bored is the best issue to have. Oh my god, it's such a first world problem. I know. Like, Like, at least we're not dying. Right? I'm so happy to be bored. I'm catching up on so much sleep, even though I'm exhausted from doing nothing. Oh yeah, same. I sleep for 12 hours every day. It's probably not healthy. I should stop doing that. It is unhealthy. The other day I slept for 16 hours. Was that (laughs) healthy? No. Did I do it? Yes. Um, I didn't mean to. Oh, I meant to. (laughs) I fully meant to. (laughs) I set an alarm yesterday for like 8 and then 8.30 and then 9. And then I was like, okay, I need to get up so I don't sleep for 12 hours again. Oh, this morning I set an alarm for 9.30 and didn't get up till noon. Like... (laughs) Yes. Uh, in Ontario, there's 489 active cases, eight resolved cases, it's good to hear, and six deaths. So more resolved than deaths, which is nice to hear. Mm-hmm. But still horrible mm-hmm. and sad. Very. But I'm glad that resolves are starting to pop up. That makes me really happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, China took these measures and look where they're at. Like, they're doing... Well, it took them, like, six months to get to where they're at. Well, yeah, and it's probably going to take us six months, too. Yeah, exactly. But, like, and I know that. It's it's very sad. It's very sad to think about, like, not being able to go out with your friends until next winter. Like, it's very sad. But it's not the end of the world. Yeah, no, it's not the end of the world. In fact, it's the opposite of the end of the world. It's the restarting of the world. Well, at least this is good for the environment. Honestly, yes. (laughs) If nothing else... This is good for the environment. Except it's bad for the environment when I'm bored and want to drive around aimlessly for two hours, which I've been doing. (laughs) And then I go, gas is so cheap, though. (laughs) Yes, but there is an overall reduction in CO2 emissions, especially in China. But everybody's uh, investments are very down. Yeah. Most families have lost over $20,000 in investments. That's a lot. Yep. It is. I have also lost money in investments. So have I. My RESP is quaking. Mm. Mm-hmm. We love that. We don't. But once again, still not the worst problem. Yeah. Oh. It will come back as the world rebuilds. Because because of these measures, coronavirus is not going to last forever. The end. The end. We can get rid of SARS. We can get rid of this. Even though SARS was not as bad as this. Nope. <laughs> but, like... But, like... Still pretty bad. I'm sure if we just, like, do whatever... For every country who still has those religious gatherings in, like, tens of thousands of people, please stop. I'm not going to touch on that. I don't want to get controversial. That is not controversial. You should not have that many people in one space. Like, I agree. Please, please social distance. Um, I've seen lots of churches across Ontario going online, which is amazing. In South Korea, I think they're fining churches now for hosting, yeah. For hosting religious gatherings. 
Yeah, I've seen tons of online church services, which is awesome. It's a great... I mean, now that we have the internet, things are... It's so weird to be in a pandemic where there's the internet. But, like, also, thank goodness. Yeah, it'd be so bad without it, but also it's so good for spreading information. Like, that's that's what I'm saying. Thank goodness for that. Yeah, but Um, it's so strange because it's just, like, people talking about it, and it's so weird. My morning routine is to wake up and Google Ontario coronavirus. Yeah, literally. That is my morning routine. I wake up and I check the Twitter news. Oh, I Google Ontario coronavirus every single morning. And then I go on Reddit every day, and then I read. I don't trust Reddit. I've seen so much false information on Reddit that I can't go on there. It corrects itself. Still, I just, every morning when I wake up and I see the false information, I'm just like, no, it's not right. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Because they reported, like, a new case in, like, Markham when there wasn't one, and I was like, it's not right. Um, what was I going to say? I said during your story that I was going to tell a story about when things were too good to be true, and I almost got frauded $1,000. Whoa. Yeah. This is actually a good lesson. I was on Indeed looking for jobs and this, I replied to this one job and the it was a uh, videographer's assistant and this one lady messaged me or, and she responded and she was like hello I am the person you're applying to here's your I, I would like to offer you this job would you want to do an over the phone interview and I was like yeah of course I did the over the phone interview everything seemed totally normal um this was like three years ago mm-hmm. um and then things were going on as normal she was giving me like small tasks to do um but the pay was like too good to be true how much is it i don't it was i can't remember it was something like it was like minimal tasks and i was working from home mm-hmm. and it was gonna be like 300 dollars a week oh yeah too good to be true um maybe it was 200 dollars a week but it was still too good to be true whatever it was because mm-hmm. it was working from home and mm-hmm. it seemed like very easy manageable stuff and she was just, like, it was just, like, tasks, like, book this hotel for me. And, like, it wouldn't be, like, anything under my name. It was all under her name and all under her stuff. But then came this time. So, it, this lasted for, like, a week. And that was fine. And then she had me, I did get frauded of $30, but it's fine. Because one of the tasks was that I had to go buy, like, some supplies for the job. Like, I just had to buy, like, envelopes and, uh, uh, paper it was mostly just envelopes and stuff from staples and it, mm-hmm. it was about 30 bucks but mm-hmm. i ended up using that stuff in my life anyways so i didn't really get fraud at anything but um there, it came to a point where she wanted me to she sent me a check for a thousand dollars and she wanted me to send it to to cash it and then transfer that money mm-hmm. via uh what's it called uh I don't know, e-transfer? Hold on. No. Certified check. Okay. She wanted me to transfer via certified check. So I tried to cash the check, but then it bounced. Mm-hmm. So then she was like, I really need this money to be sent right now. And I was like, well, your your check bounced. And she was like, um, I'll send you another one. Can you just use your money for now? And I was like, hell no. Mm-hmm. I was like, of course not. I'm not mm-hmm. going to send $1,000 out of my cash out. Like, that's mm-hmm. ridiculous. And she was like, you need to do this or you're, or like you're gonna be fired and I was like well then fire me like what the hell send me another check to send and she it was so weird because she sent me a whole envelope and everything to send it with an address and everything and like I had a check for a thousand dollars that was obviously fake but it was weird because the check was from a company that existed 
So it's like this person had frauded a check from another company that they weren't related to. So it was a whole situation. I had to tell the RCMP. The end. <laughs> That's weird. That's strange. when things are too Have good to be true. Have you ever met the lady? No, mm. but I called her a bunch of times, which was really weird. Mm-hmm. And she know. sounded like normal and. Yeah, and, like, I had her phone number and everything, and all her information, so that's it's, like, so weird. it was easy to report her. Yeah. But all what that information turned out to be fake. Yeah. So, it was, like, weird, and she had, but it was consistently the same phone number, so it couldn't be a fake. Did she send you money? Well, this only lasted a week. No. She sent me that, that $1,000 check that was from a different company that did exist in Canada. Hmm. Which is really weird. That's so strange. It's so weird when people, like, can you cash this check? Like, you can do this on your phone. Yeah. And she, she created a whole um, website, like a videographer website, for herself. Wow. I'm so confused. Yeah, it was what, super like, weird. I'm so confused, because what if it wasn't a scam and she's just, like, dumb like that? No, it was totally a scam. After I said no, she never contacted me ever again. Uh, interesting. Like, right when I said no for, like, the third time, literally never got another response. Yeah, no one would ever ask you to do that. Exactly. No, it was definitely a scam, 100%. Because the company wasn't even related to... The thing that she was asking to cash. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I see. Makes sense. Okay, we're approaching 50 minutes. Oh my god, long episode. High isolation, you're gonna get a lot of time of us. Yeah, you better listen. You have all the time in the world. You literally do. Oh my gosh, okay, we gotta use some of this time to promote, promote, promote. Yeah. I think I will do that. I'll start re-promoting again, because I stopped for a long time there. Sounds good. Okay, well, so remember... Still stay safe. And wash your damn hands. Wash your hands. Wash them. Peace out. Peace out. Goodbye.